Welcome to Dispatches, the official podcast for the Journal of the American Revolution. The Journal of the American Revolution publishes weekly online at www.allthingsliberty.com. For the latest in research, reviews, and commentaries, America's Most Important History is available free of charge at the Journal of the American Revolution. Franklin pointed out broad characteristics of frontier living that would not sit well with individuals or family units that did not have a hack at living in the wilderness. That's Journal of the American Revolution contributor George Kotlick discussing Benjamin Franklin's opinion of Colonial Florida, and he's our guest today. I'm Brady Kreitzer, and this is Dispatches. This episode of Dispatches is sponsored by Simon & Schuster, publisher of Liberty is Sweet, The Hidden History of the American Revolution by Woody Holton. Available now wherever books are sold. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of Dispatches. I'm your host, Brady Kreitzer. Today our guest is Journal of the American Revolution contributor George Kotlick, and he'll be discussing Benjamin Franklin's view of colonial Florida. You know, Benjamin Franklin had his hand in a lot of different ideas and situations in the colonial world. I don't need to tell you that. But one of them that was pretty interesting was his opinion of real estate. Now, he wasn't the big land speculator that George Washington was, but he was a man of very strong opinions. And in his conversation about Florida, you'll hear that today. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our interview with George Kotlick. George Kotlick, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. Tell us about your background. Yeah, I have a master's degree in political science from Sul Ross State University. During my undergraduate experience, I studied British colonial North American history at Oxford University's Pembroke College. Today, I live in Florida. What first drew your interest into this topic? I love local history. When I moved to Florida, I delved into my area's local history. That is when I discovered Florida's connection to the American Revolution. Who was Dumas and what was his interest? Charles William Frederick Dumas was an American diplomat in Europe during the Revolutionary War. Uh, He also served as a secret agent for the Americans during the war. Dumas spent significant amounts of his life in Holland. Benjamin Franklin became acquainted with Dumas during a trip to Holland at the beginning of the American Revolution. Taken by Dumas's positive reception and disposition towards the American cause, Franklin engaged Dumas as a secret correspondent to Congress. In time, Franklin and Dumas became friends. My article talks about Dumas's interest in settling British East Florida. By 1768, the British had already occupied East Florida for five years. Why was Florida available for settlement, for exploration to Dumas at this time? In 1763, large swaths of southeastern North American territory encompassing the modern-day states of Florida, Alabama, Louisiana, and Mississippi, known to the Spanish as La Florida, was turned over to the British in the peace preliminaries. To more effectively govern that vast region, the British split the territory up into East and West Florida. Sparsely inhabited, British Florida needed to be peopled. The British government sought to redirect westward settlement south of Florida in an effort to protect against an Indian war. Cheap land would be granted to those early settlers who carved out successful plantations from the wilderness within a certain period of time. Land that was not cultivated by the end of the contracted date would be forfeit and would revert back to the crown. In their attempt to attract settlers, British officials sought out reports from that province 
published in books and pamphlets speaking well of that region. What did Franklin say about settling in Florida? Yeah. In a nutshell, Franklin thought Dumas would be better served settling one of the more established provinces like New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. His rationale? East Florida was too new. It was wild. What were some of the advantages or disadvantages that he spoke of? Franklin pointed out several shortcomings that he deemed hazardous to successful establishment in East Florida. Franklin educated Dumas on the reality of colonizing, quote-unquote, new countries. New settlers, unaccustomed to the local climate, regularly became ill and died. Such an adventure, Franklin pointed out, would not bode well for someone like Dumas, who had a wife and children to care for. In addition to illness, new countries were not as safe as more established ones. A lack of a sizable, reputable population could bode trouble for more refined or enlightened, if you will, people. Lastly, Franklin recommended Dumas settle in areas where he had friends who could help him and East Florida become a new colony. Franklin was not acquainted with that province and thus did not have the contacts there to really help him. Florida sounds like kind of a dangerous place. Uh, What was the attraction to settling there? By 1768, several pamphlets and articles circulated around London, speaking to the benefits of settling East Florida. This method of information dissemination prompted serious interest in the colony. Groups of wealthy gentlemen congregated in taverns for the intent of purchasing East Florida land. No doubt such interest reached Dumas, who eventually sought out Franklin's advice, being a native of North America. In your opinion, do you think Franklin's advice was correct? Yes, yes. Um, East Florida was a frontier province, devoid of almost all comforts and luxuries enjoyed by the more matured British provinces to the north. East Florida was not for the faint of heart. Indigenous people defending against westward encroachment were a frequent threat to some frontier colonies, and East Florida was no exception. British officers often did not have the power to control the men under their charge who sometimes ran rampant in St. Augustine, East Florida's capital. The infant East Florida government boasted no lower house of assembly. The colony was effectively run as an aristocracy, particularly during the first half of the colony's British tenure. Disease killed many newcomers who were unaccustomed to the tropical climate. Many East Florida plantations failed in their infancy rate. Those that succeeded tended their properties next to large swaths of uncultivated land owned by rich absentee owners in England, thereby hurting local property values threat of Spanish invasion always loomed over the horizon. The sparsely inhabited province boasted little in the way of a social life. Men vastly outnumbered women, making an environment unattractive for a young and up-and-coming man concerned with raising a family. Of course, settling East Florida was not all that. Some individuals made fortunes producing indigo. Again, some lost everything after the American Revolution stunted East Florida's development. To cut a long story short, East Florida was a gamble. Franklin wisely recommended Dumas stick with the safer option of settling in a more mature province. While certainly provinces like New York and Pennsylvania had their own frontiers, the older parts of those regions were nothing like the newly formed East Florida colony, whose inhabitants literally clung to the coast, occupying a narrow strip of land surrounded by unexplored wilderness. Where did Dumas ultimately settle? This is a good question. I was not able to locate a detailed biography of Charles W.F. Dumas that would tell me what became of him. What information does exist on the man points to his contributions to the American Revolution. 
As far as his private life is concerned, I could not locate that information. If someone can find the primary sources, a book on Dumas is long overdue, and it would shed lots of light on the man and his biography. Now, certainly, um, this is not an authoritative account of Dumas. Um, this is simply research that I conducted on the man, and it is difficult to locate. Does it exist? Um, it could in an archive, um, but as far as secondary sources are concerned, I, I could not find anything. I, I mean, information on Dumas would probably be in Holland or in Great Britain, and uh, that would take somebody with means to, to do that, and that's not me right now. So, yeah, um, it's very interesting. Dumas is an interesting uh, character. How does this article help us understand the revolutionary era better? This article points to how Americans living in more settled provinces viewed frontier colonies. Franklin pointed out broad characteristics of frontier living that would not sit well with individuals or family units that did not have a hack at living in the wilderness. Remember, frontier living, Brady, was not easy, and East Florida, even while it occupied a coastal space, <clears throat> was still a frontier. Unless you did not have the means to settle a more established colony, which enjoyed greater levels of safety and security, East Florida offered opportunities for ambitious men to build wealth although the going would not be easy. This article is also interesting because it speaks to an earlier period of time in which Franklin and Dumas entered into their association and friendship. Numerous sources, one even on the Journal of the American Revolution, uh, claims that Franklin and Dumas first met in 1770. According to the letter between Franklin and Dumas, the one explored in my article, pushes back their first acquaintance to 1768 at the earliest. Indeed, the manner in which Franklin and Dumas corresponded, based on the letter, it was a continuation of an older conversation that I could not locate, suggests that they knew each other possibly before that. As I mentioned earlier, a book on Dumas's life would shed some light on these discrepancies that should be addressed in new revolutionary, revolutionary era scholarship, um, I believe. Um, and I could even be getting Dumas's name wrong uh, but um, this is the gentleman here that we are talking about. Uh, yeah, Charles uh, Dumas. Dumas, yeah. George Kotlick, thanks again. Thanks for having me. The music played in this episode included works by Kevin McLeod and the Sturbridge Colonial Militia. Any unauthorized reproduction or use of this podcast, without the express written permission of the Journal of the American Revolution, is strictly prohibited. For everyone here at Dispatches, I'm Brady Kreitzer saying so long.